to be a part. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio Show number 333. New decade, is it time for a new direction? So we're going to be talking today about uh, some research, which is all about uh, how, what people think about their employment. And we're going to be talking about whether, as we're approaching this, or we're now in this new decade, um, whether the way that the world is and, and uh, how things are might impact employee satisfaction moving forward. So I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. And the Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, and we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private, and third sectors. If you go to our website, engage.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list, and all our social media links are there too. So my guest today is Gaynor Lewis, who's Head of Commercial Development at the Institute of Leadership and Management. So welcome, Gaynor. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. So I uh, think we ought to warn listeners that uh, it is uh, Monday evening after Storm Kiara, <laughs> and uh, we now have snow. I'm up in Derbyshire. You're in Stafford, I'm, I'm in the Midlands. The Midlands, yeah. And uh, I, I've been frantically checking my... Uh, weather app today and there was no snow forecast but I've had snow and you're you've got snow and you've got snow getting worse by the sound of it (laughs) so we're pressing on but uh, we're quite mindful that Gaynor's got a journey ahead of her and so if it all gets a bit horrible we might uh, have to abandon ship (laughs) 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 so thanks thanks for taking this out under the circumstances Um, and tell us um, a bit about you and about the Institute of Leadership and Management that's great. Thank you very much, Joe. And yes, weather permitting, we will get through uh, our unsharing of our research. The Institute, I'm Gaynor Lewis, Head of Commercial Development at the Institute of Leadership and Management. We're actually a professional body uh, focusing on raising the standard of practice of more than 30,000 leaders, managers and coaches in the UK and internationally. We're delighted also to be a part of the Engage for Success movement across the UK. Um, especially if you like, as our key challenge or mission, as you care to look at it, is actually to inspire great leadership everywhere. And I genuinely feel that underpins the four enablers um, of the Engage for Success movement. Lovely. So today we're going to be talking about your new decade, new direction research. So start by telling us a bit about, uh, firstly, why that came about. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the new decade, new direction, so the driver, if you like, behind this particular topic for the research, we know that January, I think we would all agree, January is a time for New Year resolutions and potentially when people start to think uh, potentially about new job is that time to take change. Last January, we explored why people were considering changing their job in the new year. What were the common factors that they identified? Um, Things like uh, poorer relationships with their manager or the organization not doing enough to promote or develop the existing talent. Um, And our recommendations last year were focused around talent retention. So this year, 
the research moving it on, and bearing in mind we are at the start of the new and very exciting decade with some interesting weather, um, we decided, to, uh, we asked over 2,000 employees to identify what are the factors that affect employee satisfaction. So focusing on the goals, if you like, that um, we set for career progression and what they are planning to do to achieve them in a new decade. We also partnered with Amazing If and Triangle Girls uh, to broaden, if you like, the diversity of the survey group. And Joe, if it's okay, we've got some key findings that it would be great to share with you. Yes, absolutely, please do. So less than a quarter, so bear with me, because whenever you're sharing um, things like sort of survey responses and it's uh, audio, uh, I can't actually show you the graphs, etc. cetera. Um, but at the end, and I know Joe will make available uh, links to the research so that you can more visibly see uh, where the, the differences are in the responses. Yeah. So effectively, yeah, yeah thank you. Effectively, less than a quarter of the respondents described themselves as very satisfied. And I guess that was a bit disappointing. And, you know, however, what the good news is, I guess, 77% of those satisfied workers said that their job satisfaction was affected by the positive relationships they have with their colleagues. So in actual fact, having those really sort of constructive um, supportive working relationships with your colleagues was a key driver. There were other factors though, and those included access to training and development, being trusted to take on more responsibility within their role, having access to more of a flexible way of working, and with the satisfied workers, they considered salary as less important and feeling connected to the purpose of the organization and having that challenging role. But building on that, I think it's important, Joe, to look at those people that were less satisfied. So coming back to that quarter that said, you know what, I'm actually not feeling that satisfied within my job role, then salary suddenly becomes one of the most important issues. And I guess, you know, it's one of those detractors along with them feeling undervalued by their manager, having a lack of growth and development opportunities, and potentially feeling that they were within a negative company culture. So all of that started to indicate that a poor work environment contributes significantly to job satisfaction. I hope that makes some sense, Joe. Yes, it does. It does. And I have had the um, opportunity to, to look at the, re the report. And as you said, we will share it in the show notes. Yeah. But what I, I found um, interesting was, I think that, that we sort of perhaps intuitively would think that the sort of responses would be sort of inverse. So yeah. people who are happy yeah. are happy for the same reasons as the people who aren't happy aren't happy. But you've just said pay is a, a prime example that depending on where they sit in the sort of happiness spectrum yes. determines how important they think that is. And, and um, you know, if you then sort of start to unpick it and think about it yourself, that does, does actually make sense. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's I a key think, point, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I think it said in the summary about um, uh, good old Hertzberg um, yeah. and he, you know, said that, 
those two things are disconnected. Was he the one who talked about hygiene factors? I think he was, wasn't he? That, um, you know what? He, he absolutely is. Good old Frederick, Frederick Hertzberg. <laughs> so it's about having things, you know, you have to have sort of a, a basic um, yeah. level of, of things to, to, to then build on from there rather than it being, um, uh, you know, so sort of there's the list of things that people like or don't like and, and depending on how much of that you give them, it, it works. And I, I suppose... That's the reality about what this means for organisations and line managers, that, that as we know, this isn't simple <laughs> in terms of, no, uh, you know, it's, it's not, there's not a direct sort of, you know, a sort of balance thing with it. You can't just increase that and therefore that increases because it's, it's yeah. also sophisticated. So, so what can organisations and line managers take from this? Yes, and I think that's a key point. Um, one of the areas that was illuminated through the research were actually if we look at the audience and the respondents and actually what did they feel their top three goals were for the coming year and then mm. building on that to see actually well what are organized do, organizations doing to respond to that more directly what practical things can they do so some mm. of the top three goals that people were looking at I found quite interesting that actually uh, at, at that top level was training and coaching. So it could be that it's development that doesn't necessarily result in a formal qualification. And also, if you like, identified um, as being important for career progression. So expanding their professional development, giving individuals and employees the opportunity to feel that they were growing within the role. So being invested in through that development opportunity. Also, um, improving their, if you like, leading and managing skills specifically. So I found that quite interesting as well, bearing in mind, you know, what we're here to try and do is to really um, increase the knowledge and awareness of better practice in leadership and management. It's actually heartening mm -hmm. to hear that, you know, employees identify that as well. Mm -hmm. So we're not uh, a lone voice. And I think one that has, we know we have been aware of for some time, which is that work-life balance. So those top three goals being around expanding their professional development, training, be that through training, coaching, or qualifications, improving their own skills around leading and managing, and improving their work-life balance. And just to add a small differential between um, the female respondents, so with women, more likely to focus on building confidence within their role. And men identified their top goal as being building their personal brand um, as an important for their career, if you like, succession and development going into mm. this new decade. So I thought that mm. was really quite interesting, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting and how much the top levels of satisfaction actually um, sort of map against our engage success for enablers when yeah. you think about you know purpose yeah. for example uh and yeah. you know being valued by your manager when we talk about engaging managers and treating people individually and coaching them which you know you've talked about as well yeah. um i think you know that's that's really interesting and and the other thing that was interesting for me is the um one of the lowest of the satisfaction um things was around physical health and it's interesting, there's so much talk about well-being in the workplace, mm. uh, and I always, whenever ever people talk about it, I always say, well, you know, you have all these people, and I've said it on the show before, you know, putting fruit bowls out and, and arranging step um, 
competitions to get people walking and and all that sort of stuff but when I talk well-being I'm always talking about the foreign neighbors I'm talking about having a a workplace where you feel valued and you know that you're contributing and your managers treat you individually and all that sort of stuff because if you haven't got Mm -hmm. that regardless of any of the other stuff uh it you know it doesn't it doesn't work and you don't have that I think well-being and so it's really interesting to see that the physical health stuff was actually quite low down in terms of priority for people who are um, satisfied with their job. No, and you're absolutely right. And it came across through um, statements such as, uh, you know, are their physical health needs uh, accommodated for? Um, and, you know, effectively, it was far lower in the, in the sort of lower half, if you like, the lower quarter of the results. So yes, it's interesting, isn't it, that shift around mm. that, you know, not being seen as such, well, as important as feeling valued by their manager, for argument's mm. sake, as well mm. as getting on well with their colleagues. Um, and I felt there was a nice fit with the four enablers thinking about that connection to purpose and the, um, if you like, the, the sort of key enablers around that need for strategic narrative, the real sort of vision, overarching leadership within an organization. The engaging manager's role, it's so critical, you know, mm-hmm. that, um, that the, the relationship with the line manager and how that really is underpinned by integrity, one of the other enablers, and then I think giving employees a voice and actually potentially, you know, looking at the other side of that, and that's that there are people within the organization who are willing to listen and mm-hmm. to make time for that. Yeah, I think yeah. for us, it's, yeah, building on. So, what can the organ, you know, what can organisations do, if you like? Mm-hmm. There were some, as I've seen, some strong key messages. Um, workers feeling connected being really important in order to drive job satisfaction, and you know whether that is the, uh, if you like, whether that's the colleague, the purpose of the organisation, or the, the line manager. But it was also a wide recognition of the importance of development. So that key driver that, you know, if you, you have an absence uh, of putting that investment into the individual, it drove dissatisfaction. So that emphasis on learning and gaining recognition being vital for their career progression. So the listening skills, as well as acknowledging potentially that one approach really doesn't fit all. So if you like some, you know, recommendations for line managers potentially would be to assume that we don't necessarily know, you know, how people gain and derive that satisfaction from their work. We genuinely need to inquire and to ask. We potentially need to pay more attention, you know, to that, you know, picked up on the salary aspect. We potentially need to pay more attention to those non-financial aspects. Of the flexible working and it was interesting how strongly people came through that they wanted to be challenged in the workplace but also being valued and seeing that as a higher priority than salary so it's not always you know the compensation uh, that they're looking for mm-hmm. and allowing time for them to put effort into creating opportunities to build the social relationships in the workplace We've really seen that connection, you know, sort of positive relationship with colleagues helps to keep people satisfied in their role. So line managers actually in organizations paying more attention to that, especially when it comes to, you know, how does that then play out for um, 
people who are remote working. So when you have you know, distributed workers across the UK or internationally, how can you actually build that connection uh, with colleagues? And appreciating, I guess, that the ongoing value of those social activities, so not necessarily uh, viewing them as being time consuming, consuming or expensive. Because sometimes mm. having, you know, we, we, some, we, I think we've all been there where we've had a working lunch, but actually making time to ensure that there is some sort of social interaction in that as well. Mm. And not sort of uh, and ensuring that we take proper breaks to connect with our colleagues. But also potentially looking at how I know I'm doing it myself within our own organization. We have a remote team and um, we alternate our sort of monthly get togethers as being through video conferencing and then face to face. Because I think making time for, you know, paying for the travel and actually seeing it as an invest investment in that relationship instead of just an expense. So mm. I guess it's really looking at those sort of mechanisms that sometimes we overlook. Uh, the importance yeah. or the value yeah. of and providing opportunities and encouragement for informal learning and uh, really sort of, you know, building again on, I think we all value, we recognize the value of coaching within the workplace. So that has come through as well within uh, the research findings. So I think mm. kind of richness there of opportunities for line managers and employees to actually really start to think about actually you know, what does give them that engagement and that job satisfaction? What are their real personal drivers? Mm -hmm. It does seem very much about, as you say, personal, individual um, approach to, to this, so that it is about the managers and their treating people as individuals and, 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 and enabling employee voices so that they can find out exactly what people are looking for and what's driving them individually so that they can flex yeah. accordingly. Absolutely. Yeah. We've built on um, previous pieces of research and one I think that has um, an underlying and relevant thread uh, was actually looking at uh, values. So indicating, you know, that we've still got so much more to do uh, around this but that workers and employees were placing greater value on the human aspect of the work environment. So what came through as the employees, if you like, core values were around honesty, doing the right thing and making a difference. And this was then sort of like contrasted with the organization's uh, view and perspective on values. And that gave a greater focus to the more functional, if you like, outcome-driven measures and included things like accountability, quality, excellence. So there again, you can almost see a bit of a disconnect. So we're continuing to do that work around, you know, the sort of how the values also contribute uh, to underpin, if you like, the way that uh, we feel in the workplace and the direct correlation between that and potentially uh, the discretionary effort that uh, employees would give. Yeah, yeah. I'm mindful of the weather thing. I know. It, the weather here is turning is all I will say. <laughs> so just to finish, just, just remind us of how the Institute of Learning, uh, sorry, Institute of Leadership and Management are... Yes. Um, are taking this research and, and what you do and, and helping working with leaders to, to improve uh, 
you know the way that people are led and, and managed what what sort of ways do you work with them yeah no that's really great thank you very much joe um there are a number of ways and uh one of the key developments that uh, we have launched in the last uh, year has been an online learning portal my leadership which is a great if you like learning resource that people can then build on that sort of informal learning, actually develop their knowledge and skill around improving their uh, performance and uh, capability around leading and managing in the workplace. It's something that's accessible. So it, you know, it can be uh, accessed through uh, mobile technology as well as when you're you know, in front of a laptop or a PC. So it has that real flexibility but effectively allowing people to learn in more of a blended and a bite-sized way. So it's, you know, access there when you need it. So I think our My Leadership online learning resources really genuinely start to play to building uh, that richer, if you like, um, approach to our behavior as leaders and managers. And we're really delighted to be working now with a broad range of organizations in looking at how we can recognize the um, leadership and management coaching programs through our um, accreditation approach, which is institute approved. So there are a number of ways, as well as the outputs of the research that we, I mean, genuinely try to ensure we're providing practical, tangible um, tips, guidance, and toolkits to support managers in, you know, in their aim of improving their practice. And so mm -hmm. this piece of research, as with our values, has been almost turned into a very short bo uh, booklet that gives you that sort of, you know, top tip. How can I improve? How can I be better at yeah. uh, this more messy and not so simple role of leading and managing in 2020? Lovely. Lovely. Thank you, Diana. It's been great talking to you. As I said, we will put the publication New Decade, New Direction on the uh, show notes so that if you're listening and you want to refer to that in more detail, then you can go to the website to do that. Uh, and um, yeah, thanks for joining me again. And I'll let you get off to <laughs> battle your way safely through that weather. <laughs> that is really kind, Diochenbauer. Thank you very much, Joe. I'm heading back to Wales, hopefully. Lovely. <laughs> So just to let you know that next week, Joan Moffat will be back and she'll be talking to Josh Schneider, who's author of Five Days to Your Best Work Yet, A Human-Like Approach to Better Work. And they're going to be discussing the potential of human-centered engagement. So they'll be with you next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.